Daniel chapter number 3. We'll begin reading with verse number 16. The Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake, and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. He commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. I'm glad he's recognizing. Come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We want to preach for a little while tonight on this thought. Three words. Men on fire. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we do thank you for the precious reading of the Word of God from the book of Daniel. And God, I pray that you would season every word that is said. I pray that you would penetrate the heart of each and every saint of God that's gathered here on this Wednesday night. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this preacher from the top of my head to the soles of my feet to where I may preach your Word. And God, may I preach it in truth tonight. I pray that you would use these lips of clay for your glory. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing with us tonight. Our text here records one of the most familiar stories in the Old Testament. It's a story of great courage. It's a story of great conviction. It centers around three fervent Hebrews who demonstrated amazing passion and loyalty to their God. Their desire to worship God alone, uh, folks, uh, angered the authorities around them. 
as punishment for their refusal to participate in false worship, they were thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. However, the bodies of these brave believers named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not burn because their souls were already on fire for the power of God and with the power of God. The story of these heroic Hebrews should serve as a great encouragement to all of God's people in the days in which we live. Folks, if we're coming up short, uh, it's being on fire for God. Uh, We're short on our shout. Uh, We're short on our worship. And folks, He deserves every bit of the glory that we give Him tonight. Amen. The fires of persecution and temptations are burning hot all around us in this present evil world. Look at what's happening overseas. Look at what's happening in our own country. Evil is running Rampant. Many believers in the Lord Jesus Christ have literally been burned to death because of their refusal to deny His holy word. Martyrs all over this world are being burned and are being killed because they're lifting up the name of Jesus. Thank God that we live in America tonight to where we can have freedom to worship the true and living God, the one that we know that can save and the one that can heal and that the one He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thank God for America today. Others are constantly tormented with mockery and slander. From those who despise the name of Christ. How wonderful it is to know tonight that we do not have to endure these difficult dilemmas alone. The same God who stood by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the fiery furnace will always stand with His people in the midst of our fiery trials. Folks, it doesn't matter what fire you're going through, uh, whether it be a financial fire, whether it be a physical fire. It may be a relationship fire. It don't matter what fire you're going through. Uh, there's going to be another man in the midst of your flames uh, by the name of Jesus Christ, uh, and He is the very best uh, insurance policy that you'll ever have. Why? Because He'll keep us from burning uh, in a devil's hell and from the fires of this world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God tonight. I want you to notice three simple truths. First of all, tonight concerning these courageous servants of God. These servants were different. They would not dine at the devil's table. Thank God for sold out Christians tonight that want to take a step backwards and dine at the devil's table. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. They wasn't going to dine at the devil's table. I don't know about you, but when God saved me, He changed my heart. He changed my life. And all of a sudden, I had a new belief and a new meaning of come out from among them and be ye separate. I don't want to be part of that crowd anymore uh, uh, that goes to the hell holes and honky-tonks of this world. Uh, Listen, I want to be with God's people. I want to dine with God's people. And I don't want to dine with the Lord of heaven, Jesus Christ. They were different, amen. You and I should be different from this world. We'll not dress like the world. We'll not act like the world. Amen. They were different. But number two, they were dedicated men. They wouldn't dance to the devil's music. Amen. I'm really concerned about our young people and what kind of trash they put in their ears and what they listen to. I believe the preacher Sunday put it plain as day. 
Well, I don't know how you can take a, a rock and roll beat a, or a rock and rap beat and put the words of amazing grace to it because it's not going to mean the same thing. It's not going to do it, folks. Why? Because it's got the devil's music behind it. Hey, give me some good old-fashioned hymn book music. Give me some good old-fashioned southern gospel singing. And let's just worship the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's don't drop our standards down so far that you let anything and everything come into the house of God and have to accept it to where you can draw a big crowd. Folks, we're a dying breed. We're a dying breed, few and far between. They were dedicated. They wouldn't dance to the devil's music. But number three, they were delivered. They would not die in the devil's fire. Amen. (laughs) They would not bend. They would not bow. And they would not burn. God's men were delivered by the power and protection of the only sovereign God. They were exempt from the fire. And just as the fire in the furnace of Babylon had no power to harm these Hebrews, the flames of hell shall never singe the souls of one of God's children. Boy, that's comfort to my soul tonight to know uh, that I don't have to die and go to a devil's hell because my mind's been made up. Uh, I know where I'm headed to that city called heaven. Listen, uh, I'm going to bypass that place called hell. Uh, I'm going to a celestial city uh, up yonder by the way of death or by the rapture of the church. Either way, I'm uh, headed that way. But it's our duty tonight to assure that others go with us. Amen. Hallelujah. All of His elect tonight have been delivered from eternal fire and damnation. Glory to the Lamb of God. On the other hand, there's another type of fire that God's people could use a little more of in this day and hour in which we live. The Bible testifies of John the Baptist by saying that he was a burning and shining light. There's certainly some biblical truth to the idea that a Christian can be on fire for God. But in these last days, many of God's people have grown cold and they've grown careless about spiritual matters. Jesus to Christ declared that the love of many shall wax cold in the days prior to His second coming. Love for the beloved, love for the Bible, and love for the brethren seems to be at its lowest point among the majority of professing Christians. There's never been a time when God's redeemed people need to get on fire for God more than we do right now. Right now is the time to get your batteries energized to allow the Holy Ghost of God to knock out the gable into your soul and begin to breathe upon your spirit and get on fire for God and get excited about what God's doing. Why? Because God appreciates the glory and God deserves all of the praise tonight. Where do we need this fire, preacher? We need the fire in our pulpits. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1, Down around verse 3 and 4, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. 
For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. And then verse 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. That means be ready at any time to open your mouth and let her fly. It means be prepared to see anything and be prepared to know that people will believe anything. I was totally shocked. Just a couple of weeks ago, a lot of these children undoubtedly have cable TV and probably watch a lot of Nickelodeon. And as you turn on Nickelodeon, you're used to seeing these uh, children-based programs or these uh, uh, early teen age uh, programs, if you will. And then all of a sudden, they're showing uh, teenage uh, programs where one man is, or one young boy is kissing another young boy in the mouth. Uh, and you can find it on ABC. You can find it on CBS. Uh, you can find it on NBC. Uh, it don't matter, folks. Listen, it's abomination under God. And we ought to be prepared to stand up against it and preach the Word of God. Amen. I was totally shocked. Nickelodeon, a channel that I grew up on as a kid, a channel that would show some kind of filth like that in these days and teaching our young people that that's okay and are putting it on nationwide TV. I think the show comes on later on in the evening or maybe even 7 or 8 o'clock at night They were advertising it, and they even tell you, mute your TV before this advertises. Listen, if it's all right to do that mess, why are they telling you to turn down the TV? Or why are they telling you, young viewers, don't look at this commercial? Why are they telling you that? The Bible in the book of Romans still tells us it's an abomination unto God. I don't want my children growing up or watching that kind of filth on the television on nationwide TV. Folks, we ought to as parents and grandparents tonight. We ought to shield our children from what they see. We ought to shield them from what they listen to. And my friend, we ought to raise them in the fear and admonition of God because one day they're going to be the leaders of our nation and the leaders of our churches and they need to know the truth. Be instant in season and preach the word of God. We need fire in the pulpits, but we need fire in our prayer closets tonight. The Bible says in Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Fire in our prayer closets. I had to throw that point in there because, folks, the fire that is so needed in our pulpits can only come from the fire that is poured out upon us in our prayer closets. Amen. I can tell the difference around this place ever since we gave out those prayer lists and you've been praying. Amen. Why? Because I know and can feel deep down in my soul something's changed around here. God's blessing around here. Dear sister stood up the other day and then again this past Sunday said, I don't know what's going on, but every time I come into the house of God, tears began to roll like a river down my face. Listen, that's the Holy Ghost of God that's coming down and making us feel that way. Amen. I know salvation ain't nothing about feeling tonight. 
But it sure does feel good to feel good when the Holy Ghost breathes upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. We need fire in our prayer closets, but we need fire in our persuasion of sinners. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest into your consciences. In other words, take notice of the people dying and going to hell around you. We need to persuade men going to the highways and hedges of this world, trying our best to persuade them to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to get their heart and life right. It should affect our conscience of knowing that somebody is dying and going to a devil's hell. It's time that God's people put away all the excuses for not proclaiming the amazing grace of God. There is no greater message in all the world than the message of Christ and the salvation of what He has provided. It's truly the good news for the sinner who is dead and trespasses in sin. So may God help us to repent of our excuses and to open our mouths to speak the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just difficult for a half-hearted Christian to be a good witness. You know why? They won't halfway come to church. You can't depend on them to win nobody to the Lord. Amen? Boy, I'll tell you what, I wish everybody just get sold out for Christ and let's see what we could get done for God. Oh boy, I'm telling you, if we could just get y'all here tonight on Wednesday night, and some of you are, praise God for you, let's just decide tonight to sell out for Jesus and do all we can for Him. Boy, them folks will come in here Sunday morning expecting things as usual, and it'll be so unusual, amen. What's some of them common excuses? Fear. I don't know what to say. I believe Moses used that excuse too. I don't want to scare anybody away. I don't want to offend anybody. Listen, I felt the same way when I was lost. I got scared away. I thought I would get scared away. I thought I would get scared away from services just like these where the preachers preaching fire from heaven and trying to direct the people in a great direction. But boy, once I got in there and the Holy Ghost started dealing with my heart, that's where I knew I had to be. Even as a lost man on my way to hell without Jesus, I wanted to be sitting in that pew. And it didn't take too many weeks for me to give in to God and to go to an altar of prayer and get saved. You remember that day? January 3 of 93. I don't want to scare anybody away. What if they died the very next day after you made that comment and went to a devil's hell? You think you're going to be held accountable for that? You think the blood's going to be on your hands? Huh? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Fear is a common excuse. Failures is a common excuse. They'll say, well, I've tried it, preacher, but it just won't work. I've tried before and people have rejected my witness. I'm tired of being rejected. Folks, I've been cursed out. I've, been, I've had stuff thrown at me at the front door. I have walked in on some strange situations before, slap full of sin, and they'll ignore you, won't come to the door and tell you plainly to get off of their property. But you know what? God's not going to hold me responsible for their soul because I went and I tried and I wanted to tell them about Jesus. But they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't allow it. 
If you go, you're doing what God wants you to do. And that's all He's asking for you to do is to go. Failures. But also false doctrine that slips into people's minds will allow them to not witness to people. They'll say, it's not my responsibility. Oh, they'll come to church and find the Lord on their own. Very small percentage do that. Some of them will even say, Brother Harold, they'll say, God is sovereign. He'll do all the work. My witness is not important. It's very important. It's very important. Belief in the absolute sovereignty of God in no way negates our responsibility to witness to lost sinners. While there is no doubt that salvation is completely of the Lord Jesus Christ, He has chosen to use the preaching of His Word to bring sinners to the knowledge of the truth. None of the excuses given for not sharing the gospel of Christ will hold water with God. The saints will be held accountable for not declaring the good news of His salvation. It's time for believers to get a boldness about them that was exhibited by the three Hebrew servants of God that we have read about tonight. It was evident that their hearts burned with a passionate fire for God. That was greater than anything in this world. The most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire for God. And may God help us to get on fire for Him. Folks, all it takes is just a little bit of prayer. All it takes is a little bit of commitment. And we, a lot of people don't have today. Commitment. Listen, we can run campaigns. We can do this and we can do that. We can get a good number of people in here on Sunday. But boy, when Sunday night comes around, commitment diminishes. And for a lot of people, when Wednesday night comes around, they don't forget who they even belong to. They belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords if they're saved. I don't know how people go through without coming to church on Wednesday night. Why? Because, listen, I know what it's like to get a refill in the midst of a long journey. And my week gets getting long, and I like to come and fellowship with the brothers and the sisters of Christ. We need fire in the pulpits. We need fire in the pew tonight. Listen, I've preached long enough to know Sometimes it's difficult to stand up here and preach to people. Not because it's not what God would want me to do, but a lot of times people are difficult to preach to. But boy, when you get with it like you did tonight, it makes you feel right at home. It makes you feel like you can accomplish something for God. It seems like there's something flickering real good down deep down in your soul. You keep it flickering because greater things are coming. Amen. Boy, I can't wait for revival time to come. It's just a few weeks away and we're just going to have a glorious time in the Lord. I done emailed Preacher Bob and told him the great things have been happening around here. He said, Preacher, I am so glad to hear it because there is uh, 99% of the places around that I've heard from, there's not good things going on. Thank God. 
for His sweet, precious Spirit dwelling with us. Thank God for Him moving about our church and on our people the way He's been doing the last few weeks. Folks, grab a hold of that lightning bolt and let's ride it till the very end. Amen. God bless you tonight. Let's stand and stay. Get us a song of invitation. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I know we've already gathered around this altar one time, but if you'd like to come and pray again for some reason or the other, maybe you need help in your life with your witnessing. God can help you. He said you have not because you ask not. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we do love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for this wonderful crowd we've got here tonight. Lord, they love you. Lord, they're here and they've showed it tonight. Lord, as we've worshipped you in truth and in spirit. God, I pray that you would be in our midst uh, during this invitational time. Lord, move about on the hearts of the people if there be a need. May they understand and know that this altar is open. Lord, we'd be glad to pray with them tonight. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray.